0: Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second guess yourself? That can be crazy making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shayler. I'm so glad you're here. If it's your first time visiting, I'm glad you found us. And if you've been listening before, I'm so glad you returned. This is an important part of what we offer and it helps people who are thinking that they can go the extra mile and and make another person be the loving, healthy person you want them to be. And tonight we're going to be talking about narcissistic folks. Those may be the hijackles I talk about for sure. But they may have narcissistic tendencies, sociopathic tendencies, psychopathic tendencies. Um, they won't be diagnosed. Diagnoses don't really matter. What matters is that we see the patterns, traits, and cycles. So we want to talk tonight about are these narcissistic folks able to empathize? Or are they unwilling to empathize? And what's really going on there? And if you are enjoying the show and you found value from it, I invite you to support the show by going to patreon.com slash save your Patreon.com slash save a donation system. You'll see it when you get there. So when we're talking about these narcissistic people, we hope they're like us. You know, we're working from the premise that they're like us, that there's going to be give and take, there's going to be some equality, there's going to be some flow. You know, what I talk about in episode 115 in the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship that there's going to be equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And that if you just do it right, if you're if you're just, you know, on their team and you're making an effort and you're moving in their direction, they will move in your direction and be on the team. But when people are hijackals or have those tendencies, that doesn't happen. And so you keep going the extra mile or giving them the benefit of the doubt. And they don't seem to be responding. And so we need to understand whether they're unwilling or they're unable to empathize, to reciprocate, to be mutual and reciprocal and equal. And those are very important features. So. Let's just talk about what empathy is. It's our ability to identify what someone else is thinking or feeling and then respond to their thoughts and feelings appropriately. So we are identifying what it is they're feeling. It means we're listening. We're watching, we're leaning in with some interest. We're figuring out what are they thinking or feeling, maybe ask some questions and then to respond to that person and their thoughts and their feelings appropriately. Now, where this all falls down a little bit when you're dealing with hijackers is that they want to talk about not your feelings and your thoughts, but they want to jump into how it affects them. You've noticed that, right? And so you don't ever feel heard or seen or known or acknowledged or appreciated or accepted. It's always like you put it out there and they can't handle it. They won't handle it. And so that that becomes important but in that definition we realize that the you have to have two parts to have empathy two parts to empathize first of all we have to recognize what's going on and then we have to respond appropriately well that means first of all to recognize the person would be interested in listening to you the person would be into you they would care what you're saying And then secondly, and they go together, you can't have one without the other, they would be able to respond appropriately and willing to respond appropriately. And you can't do it with just one. So that becomes a really important thing for us to notice. Um, Are are the people that you're thinking of, or the person that you're thinking of, maybe a parent, maybe a partner, a sibling, a mother-in-law, somebody in your family, somebody at work, are they empathy impaired or empathy deficient. Now that distinction may be just something that we want to talk about for a bit because if we just say they have no empathy, that's true of psychopaths. That's true of people with psychopathic tendencies. They don't have any empathy, but that's certainly not true of all narcissists, although all psychopaths are narcissistic. But a hijackal is kind of imprisoned in their own self focus. They're they're kind of caught in there and it's not a temporary thing. They're caught in their self focus. They're very concerned about themselves. And so that's where we get this idea of narcissism, that they're self-centered, they're self-referent, they're self-involved, and that, that's very important. So when you're completely self-involved, you don't have a lot to give to another human to be uh, focused on them. So you may be wondering, you know, how do I, how do we make this distinction? Well, there are two things. And I was remembering a book that I read called I don't like the title, but it's called The Science of Evil by Simon Baron-Cohen. And in there, he talks about states or traits. And the difference is that a state is temporary and a trait is permanent. So I just wanted to put this in here to help understand these differences. So as a state, it fluctuates. Um, It's a fluctuating psychological or neural system, and it's induced by a particular context or conversation, and they're reversible. So that would be things like you might be in a state of being drunk, being tired, being anxious, being impatient, being angry, being stressed, being depressed, but it is not permanent You do or say the wrong thing. You get out of that state. You go, oh my, what did I do? Did I torch the relationship? I don't want to do that. And you start making amends. You start having a conversation. And you hopefully don't have it happen again. So that's a state. And we regret it. And we apologize. And we endeavor to do better. But a trait is permanent. It's a crystallized configuration of psychological or neural systems. And it'll go across every context. It won't just be that one conversation, it'll be every conversation. It'll be conversations maybe with other people too. And so, what we learn from that is that hijackles have permanent underactivity of their empathy circuits. And that's what Simon Baron Cohen says. Hijackals have permanent underactivity of their empathy circuits. It doesn't say they don't have any. They say it's underactive. And that becomes key to what we're going to discuss further. So narcissistic folks are consciously or unconsciously unwilling to empathize. Now, what we really find when we take a, a broad look at what's going on here is that there are all kinds of narcissists not everybody is the same they're not identical they're not all painted purple and you can say oh that's one they fluctuate in time place relationship um, close relationship distant relationship showing off at work charming in social settings nasty at home and um, they ha- they're they not identical. And so they may consciously or unconsciously be unwilling to empathize. But they do have some choice in the matter. Because they did know how to fall in love or give the appearance of falling in love. They did know how to listen or give the appearance of listening and giving you the idea they cared. They They do know how to do it because they did it. The fact of the matter is though they may be able to do it but they don't care about what they're doing except in one case and you may have had this experience. You have a hijackal in your life probably somebody could be a parent could be more likely though your romantic partner and things have been a little rocky. You know I certainly remember this from my experience because I married one and divorced one and co-parented with one. And I was attractive to them. That's why I do the work that I do. They were attracted to me for sure. And I had to learn all about that so that I could be healthier, have healthy relationships. And that's why I do the work that I do. But you know what it's like You're really longing for some tenderness. You're longing for them to be participating with you. You're longing for them to see you. You're longing for them to want to spend time with you and do things that look like and feel like love. So when they do it, you are just so thankful. And then you get into tender moments. You're just joyful that this is occurring. And you may not realize that you let your guard down and you think that by disclosing some things, you will draw each other closer. You will draw that hijackle to you. They will want to understand because they're here and they're looking like they're loving. And this is where the difference is. Hijackals do that in order to have some power over you. They know what they're doing. So when you feel that tenderness, you hope for closeness and you think that you will add to that closeness by deepening the bond and telling them things. Maybe you'll tell them about your fears. Maybe you'll tell them about something that you thought early in the relationship. Maybe you'll talk about things that are tender to you. And then lo and behold the next time they're angry with you or the next time they're out in public wanting to look good they'll bring it up make fun of you dismiss you throw it in your face see that's where the empathy breaks down they can they know how to behave in an empathic or empathetic way but why do they do it that's the key so it doesn't matter whether um they they are listening or not. It's what they're listening for and why they're listening. And that becomes really important. Have you had that experience where you just were so glad you were having a moment that seemed normal, seemed loving, seemed connecting and you think, oh, we've turned a corner and now I will just lean into this and I will disclose and I will share and I will be vulnerable and they will like me better and we will get closer. And then not too long afterward, maybe you got hit with your vulnerabilities or the things that you had shared and you were deeply disappointed, deeply hurt that that happened. And it was because you were longing for that empathetic response. And when you got it, you mistook it for honest empathy, that they were really interested in you in order to be equal, reciprocal and mutual. I always refer to episode 115. If you haven't listened to it, please do. The three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. You will not have these with hijackles. It's just a fact. You won't have them with hijackles. They're not available to you. The hijackle do not does not have those gifts to give so you're longing to have something that they do not have or are not willing to give you even if they have a little bit of it and so that becomes very very difficult now in the dsm-5 the sort of bible for therapists and uh, who are looking for diagnostic criteria they say that an uh, empathy or a person like a narcissist is lacking in empathy because they're unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings or needs of other people. They're unwilling to do that for many reasons. The next episode, next week, we're going to talk about shame because it is an integral part of what we're talking about here. But I won't hook that in tonight. I will leave that and we'll talk about it more in depth next week because it is a critical piece of the whole dynamic of being in relationship with a hijacker, with a toxic person, with a person with narcissistic tendencies. So, one of the things that they will do, and remember, it's all a power game. It's all about power. So what they will do is they withhold, even though they have it to give you, because you know they had it because they gave it to you in the beginning. That's how they got gotcha, right? So what they will do is they will withhold an empathetic response in order to control you. And then what happens? You know, you're longing for it. You may plead for it. You may ask for it. You may even beg for it. And that's perfect to them because then what will you see? You will see that hijackle smirk, that gotcha kind of smile like, huh. All right, you really want me to do something. And I am taking great joy in withholding that something from you. So they would have the empathy to give. Or at least know how to sound like they're empathetic. But they withhold it from you in order to assert their power. And that's just sad and sneaky and nasty. And it certainly will never create a healthy relationship, will it? One of the big things that people say to me all the time, but I had such great hopes for their relationship. I know. Of course you did. I did too. Fell madly in love couldn't get enough of each other. It was fabulous. And then it changed. And that happens because they don't keep up the game for long enough. In fact, they try to get out of the game of appearing empathetic as early as possible. They're always too busy. Or why should I be talking about you? They're bigger fish to fry. Or whatever language that they like to use for that. So As I said, they'll exploit you in the tender moments. And why? So they they can weaponize what you told them and use it against you. Or use it to manipulate you. You know, oh, you're afraid of this. Well, I will threaten to give you that if you don't do what I want. So there will be manipulation involved in that. Have you had that experience? It's so sad. You thought you were drawing closer together. And then you find out that you were manipulated. It's an awful feeling, I know. And they'll use that pretend closeness in order to gain power. They're really just gaining power for a little bit later. And the big thing here is they know how to make you anxious and insecure. They know how to push that button. And so in pushing that button, they keep power over you because they can bat you about, you know, I often say, hijackals like to bat you about like a cat toy. You know, sometimes they won't play with you at all, they'll put the toy down. Other times they'll play with you, they'll pull the thing away, they'll play with you, then they'll put it down. You can never predict in the sense when it's going to be a good time for a hijackal, right? When it's going to be good. Because they have this ability and this desire to keep you in an insecure state. And if you have had any attachment issues in your past. I've done several shows on, on attachment issues. You can go back and just do a search on the podcast and put attachment in it and learn more about that. But just to give a little insight into that. If you didn't have a happy home, maybe you were neglected, maybe you were maybe things happened to you. Maybe you were abused in certain ways. Maybe you had absentee parents. Something happened in in that regard. You may be what we call anxiously attached. You may have an insecure, anxious attachment. Like, are you going to stay? Where are you? And that causes you to ask questions like, where are you going? What time will you be back? And then you blow up somebody's phone. But the narcissist doesn't work that way. They blow up your phone because that's digital surveillance. Like, where are you? I want to know where you are. You answer to me at all times. You are mine. That's very different. That's the other side of it. But if you've had insecure attachment when you were young, that plays right into the hijackle's desire to have power over you because they will continue to play with that insecurity. Always keep in mind that cat toy, like, come here, oh, I don't want to play. You know, I'm going to be nice, I'm going to be nice. No, who do you think you are? Why should I care about you? And it plays into that insecurity. Now, if you had a happy, healthy home where you felt welcomed, that you got lots of attention, it was appropriate attention, things were really good, then you're not as likely to be attracted to or attracted by A hijackal because they can sense that you're going to be work and they're not sure that they want to put in the work but if you happen to be a successful person in their eyes to their measurement then you become a challenge how can I find your vulnerabilities and bring you down and that becomes of interest to them so they do that by feigning empathy or using what empathy they have to make you feel like they are really into you, and they're really listening, and they want you to succeed. And then they start pulling things down. You know, we just had the holiday, and no matter what it is whether it's a national holiday or you're celebrating a graduation or a birthday or a wedding or whatever you know hijackles can't stand that they've got to do something to upset that preferably to ruin it because they cannot stand not having the attention on them they don't have empathy for your feelings for your success for your joy That makes them feel less than, that makes them feel like they don't matter. And so that's all in their head, but that's what's going on. So they want to ruin it and they need to matter again. So they ruin the holiday or the celebration in order to feel powerful once again. And that's an important thing to, to recognize. So they lean in pretending to empathize. And then whatever information they glean, they use it against you. And that is really, really difficult to deal with. So they can be narcissistic only and they're just too self-centered to care. Or they can have other attributes. They can be narcissistic and manipulative. And so they feign empathy to get what they want. There's two, two kinds of people. Some, some of them don't even bother to feign empathy. <laughs> but <clears throat> people who are truly self-centered, they're far too caught up in themselves and their concerns about themselves to be interested in what it is you're saying. So as I said earlier, we're going to talk about it another t- uh, in another episode, the next episode. But hijackals will go to great lengths to avoid anything that looks like potential shame. And so they want to be the one who's shaming and blaming so that they feel like nobody can be shaming and blaming them. So empathizing can expose you to other feelings and narcissists find it dangerous because they self-protect by avoiding getting into any close quarters and empathizing So it's going to be a very important conversation for us to talk about shame and to hook it into this conversation about empathy. So I hope this has been helpful to you to understand what the dynamics are here it's not that way it's cut and dried. they just don't have any empathy psychopaths do not have empathy they don't have a conscience but people with traits of psychopathy or traits of narcissism they don't necessarily ever get diagnosed as we well know and they may not be diagnosable but psychopaths are they want to hurt you they don't have a conscience and they don't have empathy they can put it on though just like narcissistic people can they can put it on in order to gain information think Bernie Madoff how much money did he get how many people did he charm how many people did he promise things to right and then he knew all along that he was playing with fire playing with your lives playing with security doing all of that but he did not care. That's psychopathy. So not that he was diagnosed. I'm not diagnosing him but that's an example of totally not caring knowing he was running the risk of ruining people's lives and doing it anyway. So there's so much to talk about. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you will subscribe. That's an important thing because then you'll get a notice each time there's a new episode. And you can always go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com. If you want to find episodes if you don't have a place to get podcasts that you enjoy doing that and know that you can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com you'll find my membership program there come on over and enjoy the support circles be part of that part of your membership as well as all the discussion threads and videos and things that are there for you is once a month I do an ask me anything call and members only. You can join in and ask your questions and, and that's an important part of membership. You'll find my blog there. You'll find the podcast of course. You'll find the store so many exciting things there because you need to dive into it you also find my course seeing the cycles so that you can truly validate your understanding of what's going on and so you won't be asking yourself the question you know am i crazy whenever when a hijackal tells you everything is your fault so again i'm dr rupert of i'm glad you're here and until we speak again take very good care of yourself because you're precious, you matter, you deserve honesty, safety, trust, respect, and reliability, and I hope you find that within yourself. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Savior Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar of five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash save your sanity. Learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my optimized circles or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.